once again. Welcome back to the Chicago Gumbo Show podcast. Episode 14. And I'm excited because this is the first of several podcasts where I get to sit down with my friend, Captain Ed, and have a conversation. As always, I'm Trombone Dave. Out to save the world. One record at a time. Welcome back to the Chicago Gumbo Show podcast, episode 14, and I'm excited today because I'm going to do something a little bit different and change a little bit of a direction in these next few podcasts. We're up to 14. It took me a while to get off of 13, but I'm very, you know excited about the direction I'm going in. I have my friend Captain Ed with me for the next few and um, Ed Ramsey is one of those people that got me started in community radio by inviting me to his show, and we sat down and had a conversation. It was like we've done it our entire lives. And um, it's because both of us are nutcases for Chicago radio, Chicago TV, and the history of that. And um, we're the exact same age, grew up sort of these uh, latchkey kids, that uh, was babysitted by radio and TV for a long time in the Chicago area. So, without any further ado, let me start the conversations. Word. All right, we're running. Wow, we're... (laughs) Wow, we're... uh, This is is great because it's... it's, uh, um, It's free-balling. It's (laughs) free-balling. Yes. This is... You know, the whole idea behind this is just, you know, 
Yep. You know, that's the... Sir, big... you know, Chicago Sports Radio talking about music. Right. <laughs> right. Well, uh, I don't know if there's a formal introduction, but this is uh, your well, home, so we want yes. to formally introduce... Well, as, as always, welcome to the Garbage Pick Tiki Bar Turned Podcast booth, nice. DJ booth in Zion, Illinois. Zion, good old Zion, Illinois, Zion, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we like to welcome the Boy Scout troop from Zion, <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Did you know that Zion spelled backwards as Nizer? <laughs> Lord have mercy, here we go. Hi, Pop Fly to center field. <laughs> David, good to see you, man. Good to see you. You know, it's always good. Doors always open, man. Well, I uh, your, your wife probably doesn't appreciate it, but it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, no, she does appreciate it because I drive her nuts. Okay. Uh, for those of you who are wondering who I am and. Dave is the king here. Uh, my name is <laughs> Catman Ramsay. Uh, yeah. Uh, been a radio denizen for so many years. Uh, and I've met Dave years ago in our former lives. As, yes. Uh, Sitting at yeah. a table trying to sell our education. <laughs> sell education, as my mom would say. Uh, yes. Selling yeah. our educational yes. programs yes. to a corporation that didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, you know, we made a good living and, uh, yes. you know, but... Uh, we had to wear suits. Yes, you know? suits, yes. And, <laughs> and one thing that uh, I enjoyed about meeting Dave... God, Dave, how many years ago? It's been over... Would you say 15 you know, like, years now? I was with Webster for 27 years and I must have met you in the late 90s. Yeah, it was... Well, no, because... Well, no, it wasn't the late 90s. It would have been the early 2000s okay. because... I was with, um, wow, English beat, great, great, great stuff. Here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and we met and hung out, and yeah. I said, oh, wow, this dude is pretty cool. Dude, he knows we, were at, we were at a table next to yeah. each other, and yep. we started a conversation. Yes. And, you know, everybody else wanted to join because we took you, off. And I, you and I were enjoying it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and you ever notice how when you're talking, like when you have a, a, a great conversation, you're on, you're, you're on fire, you're mm-hmm. clicking, and there's people on the outside like, what's going on over there? Those guys seem like they're having a great time. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, it's, it's just simple. It's easy. Right. Um, so as we've, you know, for years, we've kind of been, if you will, two ships in a night. You yeah. Know, we would reach out to each other every other year. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, how's you it know, going? We were members of uh, REACH. Mm-hmm. Resources for the Educational Adults in Chicago, which is, I think, pretty much defunct right now. Yeah, it's, it's gone. But, you know, it's amazing, you know, about that organization. It's, and I, I don't know if we want to go on a tangent with it, but... Um, REACH was an organization uh, for uh, universities to reach out for, um, uh, reach out to the corporate sector, um, uh, the major companies in, in the Chicagoland area, uh, to help with their uh, recruiting and retention of employees. So right. the universities we worked with, uh, they worked with, would hope that you know, education would keep their people to stay, uh, keep their people to stay at their companies. Right. And it worked very well. That formula worked yeah. very well for Yeah, it did. It did. It was it was great. I mean we used to do these education fairs right. where at lunchtime people would come downstairs and see all the different schools mm-hmm. and 
talk about, you know, hey, we have MBA degrees, we have all these great, wonderful degrees, and you, you know, we'll give you a discount, and your company has a tuition re, uh, tuition dis, uh, tuition reimbursement. Right. Uh, but all that went away. Yeah. They dried up because people recognized that, oh, I could just go online. Right. Exactly. And 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 <laughs> do my own research. I don't need to see a person. Right. You know. So, but it was good. It was uh, our halcyon days. Yes. So. So, with Dave, what 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 I was really really happy to know about him is that he's you know he's a Chicagoan, of course, and we started. We found that there was such synergy in sports and. Uh-huh. Radio broadcasting and television, and so basically, anytime we talked, you know, we were just talking about our era. Right. You know, we were both uh, guys from the. We were born in the mid '60s, and we were weaned on television and radio. We sat down and you know and did our things. Oh, and yeah. We had right. I, at my home. It was TV dinners. I don't know. You probably had. Yeah. Did you have TV course, dinners at your first? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and speaking of TV dinners, remember the Swanson dinners? The Hungry Man did Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Jump in. When I was in uh, Memphis in April, I got there late. I found my you know place where I was staying. It was an Airbnb, and I didn't really feel like going out. You did I, not. I opened up the freezer. There's oh. a Swanson chicken dinner in there. Did you? In a microwave. And like... You did it. I did it. Oh, (laughs) my God. Oh, my God. That's great. Now, see, that's, that's. Yeah, you know. You got a gold star. It was perfect. It was, you know, for what I needed at that time, you know. Well, I will tell you. Sometimes a hungry man's got to do what a hungry man's got to do. Hungry (laughs) man. I will tell you, see, I was uh, living on the west side of Chicago at uh, Hamlin and Division. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, good old Chicago, I was a latchkey kid, as probably you were as yeah. well. And my mom worked nights; she worked third shift, and I was basically left to raise myself. And mm-hmm. I learned how to cook. I, I mm-hmm. last time you and I talked, we talked about hamburger helper and oh, dinner yeah, helpers. Oh, yeah. But uh, one of the things I used to do was, you know, my mom would buy a whole stack of hungry man dinners, and it was great because. You know, you had the the foil over the the, the uh, TV dinner, and <laughs> you had to vent. You, you had to, right, right, yeah. You had to roll. You know, you had to yeah, like you said, do that, and then you roll the foil back, and then the classic was always where you had okay, it was Salisbury steak. Oh man, yeah. Now that's Salisbury steak was something. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, it, it was something. <laughs> and I looked up what Salisbury steak was. I thought it was some you know. Uh, Exotic meal from like Australia right, or something. Right. No, it was named after a guy. I guess his name was George Salisbury. Don't <laughs> eat anything. I'll invent the Salisbury steak. Um, but then, what was cool, and you probably remember this. Remember how when after you you know after you put it in the oven for yeah. like the forty five minutes it took or whatever, and then you pull up the the foil and then you look at the food, and there was always like the corn or the peas. That were stuck in that little peach cobbler. Exactly. <laughs> it, it never fail. You're gonna get those corn. You're gonna get the the kernels of corn or the peas in that peach cobbler. The succotash. Yeah, the right. <laughs> Wait, succotash. 
Yeah. You had succotash? There was succotash in those things. Wow, dude. Succotash is like a mixture of, like, you know what, lima beans and corn. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. That's right, that's right. And then, you know, there was no butter in there whatsoever, so you had to add butter. When it was heated up. Right. And the side of it, the side was the mashed potatoes, yeah. too. Man, oh, that was some good eating. Mashed potatoes were the best. Oh, they were really good, weren't they? <laughs> and you know what I used to do? Um, like, when going back to the dessert that was always in the top, the top middle, I used to love to scrape this crust off the aluminum mm-hmm. because it was so hard and crusty, you mm-hmm. know? And I always got to make sure because I always loved apple pie or apple cake or apple anything. Oh yeah. So that's what I would I would uh, go to town on. And you know I'd sit down and uh, watch the uh, Bob Newhart show, the uh, the Bob Newhart show. Right. Sitting down on a Saturday night uh, as my mom was getting ready for work, and yeah. I I was a king, man. I was a king in my castle with that, that Swanson. <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Love that stuff, man. Loved it. It was great. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Any other uh, my, uh, 70s my, uh, memories or your youth? My, my, on Sunday nights, we used to watch, remember the, the NBC Mystery Theater with, uh, Don't get me it started. It was either McMillan and Wife or uh, McLeod. McLeod. Or, or, uh, Columbo. Columbo, yeah. And, um. Yeah, what? My dad yeah. would either make popcorn Mm-hmm. In our Joe Namath butter popcorn maker. What? See, I wow, wow. Or he would make grilled cheese sandwiches with Vienna cheese. Nice. And nice. a dill pickle on the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were in heaven, weren't? Wasn't yeah. that great? Yeah. I mean, I mean you were. Okay, so okay, so walk me through. Talk to me about the process, not so much the process of your dad making it, but the talk to me about the. Um, Anticipation, the build-up, knowing that it was like five o'clock, and you knew your dad was going to do that. Yeah, on a Sunday night. Yeah, I I knew that 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 was like the only thing my dad did in the kitchen. Right, right, right. Other than than, you know, he'd make an omelet every once in a while. He was really good at omelets and grilled cheese sandwiches and buttered popcorn. That was his, you know, that was his, you know, mixture of what he could do. Yeah. And um, after the dishes were done, after the Sunday meal, which usually happened around three o'clock on a Sunday, right, right, um, he would get up and make this meal. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, it, it turned into the frozen pizza, like the frozen nice. pizza stone. Nice. And he would do things like, like put anchovies. Right, right, right. <laughs> he would put a little zhuzh, as the kids say. Yeah, he would zhuzh it up. And then, you know, eventually we turned from watching uh, the Mystery Theater on NBC. We discovered Monty Python. Interesting. On uh, the Channel and 11. I'm uh, really PBS. shocked that my parents wa- let me watch that. Why do you think, why were you shocked? Because there was nudity and there was like adult, you know. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. <laughs> why do you think they allowed that because... Of, there was something in you yeah. that said it would be okay. What do you think it was? I don't know. Because, you know, I grew up in a family that when I turned to be, you know, when I became a teenager, as long as I stayed at home, I could drink beer. Right. 
And now you learned how to drink responsibly. Well, right. they age, trusted you. you know? They trust. I mean, they, they, that's what it is. They knew that you. They knew the son they had. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, you, it's so funny when you talk about trust with your parents. My mom always tells me the story, like when I was uh, two or three years old, and it, this sticks with me. Of course, I don't remember this stuff, but uh, I was all, uh, I was a quiet kid. I, she said, oh my God, you were so observant. You looked at everything and you just picked up things and you just look at it and just stare at it. Like she told me I used to peel plant, peel leaves from plants and just look at them and stare at them. Right. And she said that um, she would sit down and I would walk away and walk somewhere. But she said I always turned to look at her, look at her to see if it was okay. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh yeah, that's fine. And then I would go away and walk away. Mm -hmm. she, she, she said... That she knew I was okay, and yeah. she knew that I would be okay in life because I always checked back to see if it was okay. Right. Um, and that those are the type of things that stuck with me, even when I think of even telling you the story now. So then, relating that to what you, uh -huh. your your parents knew that you were responsible from the get go. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just so it's amazing how. When we think about what our parents see in us, and then you're looking at now as we're being full right. grown people, it's like, right. wow, right. they really, right. they really trusted us, didn't they? Right. But there was, you know, times when my parents, my grandparents, would come to visit. Yeah. Both my mom and my dad would take me aside and say, you know, you gotta watch your language. You know, well, yeah. Yeah. Be respectful. Well, of course. And there was one time. I'm sitting in front of the TV and we're watching the creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm -hmm. And my grandparents are there watching it with us. Okay. And um, something happened where they threw something at the monster, like a fireball or something. Right, right. 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 And I said, oh, that's just going to piss him off. And I suddenly oh. realized I like, did a faux pas. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember Madge? Remember Madge and the uh, palm olive cream? You're yeah, soaking yeah. in it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was like you were soaking in it. You yeah. know, that's how it was. <laughs> but then, years later, when I was an adult, and I was home from college, and my grandparents were there, mm -hmm. I was sitting there watching TV with my grandfather, and a Cheech and Chong movie came out. Oh wow! And I didn't realize he was in the room. Oh boy! And then all of a sudden, I hear him laughing his ass off behind me. Wow! <laughs> and him and I bonded on Cheech and Chong. Wait a minute, your grandfather? <laughs> yes. Well, wait a minute. There were there were some illicit things going on in the movie, exactly. and he was cool. He was cool. Exactly. He was cool with it. He, he, he thought it was hysterical. Yeah, you know, especially what? when the you know the scene when they're in the car and they're you know, like you know. Yeah, and he's like, you know, it's part Labrador, part Sensimillion. He's smoking dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> My wow. grandfather thought that was the most hysterical thing. See, that that's the beauty, and here that's the beauty about being a man. Yeah, that you know, no matter how staid a man can be, mm -hmm. whether it's you know through religion or uh, just. Uh, you you want to be upstanding. You want to you know. You, yeah, yeah. You you gotta you you've gotta be a certain way, which is cool. I get it. But man, we love 
we just love silliness because we we yeah we love yeah because think about how we have to go across go around the world as being okay you know I gotta I I gotta make sure I'm on on point and uh, you know I gotta do my thing and I gotta go get up in the morning and work hard Bob yeah hey Bob (laughs) hey hey how about those figures there Jim (laughs) oh you know we're down the third quarter so what do you need to do about that well I don't know uh, but you know I need I I just gotta figure this out and uh, then you you know and but we it, it's just great and that that story about your grandfather is like we, we're silly men are we're, we're crazy we're, yes. we're insane exactly uh, we love the the absurd we love being silly we love to just you know, to try things blow things up that's how right. we are right right and as we get older we have to temper that Yes. So, because, it, and again, I'm not, this is not a commentary like, oh man, we can't be men anymore. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that as we get older, we recognize that we have to be, we have to keep ourselves in check. But every once in a while, it's great for that stuff to leech out. Yeah. Provided you don't get yourself in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I live in my head all the time. I'm going to see if you can uh, figure this out. Now, we talk about 60s, the 1960s. Great. And we'll use sitcoms. Uh-huh. I would try to figure out, okay, who's still alive from these 60s sitcoms? So, I'm going to throw out a sitcom. And I need you to guess if they're alive or not. And we'll start with the Beverly Hillbillies. None of them are alive or not. You are correct. <laughs> okay. You're talking about a show I used to watch. Okay. So, yeah, they're all good. Well, wait. You know what? I think Max Bear is still alive. Really? Let's check uh, the device from the future. I think Max Bear might still be alive. Okay. All right, let's see, Max Bear. Oh, no, he's gone. He's gone. He died in a... Oh, no, that was his father. Okay. Max Bear Jr. He's still alive, dude. He's 83 years old. Max Bear played... Jethro. Jethro. He's 83 years old. 
Uncle Jim! Yeah, yeah. He's still alive. Here's to Max. Max. Max is still holding it down. Uh, let's see. Bewitched. Now that one... Um, huh. That's a hard one. Because there were several side characters in there. Right. That, you know, I know that... Um, Elizabeth Montgomery's gone. Yep. Uh, both Darren's are gone. Yep. You know, and, and Dora's gone. And Dora's gone. There was also Larry's gone. gone. Larry's gone. Okay. Mrs. Kravitz is gone. Mrs. Kravitz was my favorite. Oh, I love Mrs. Kravitz. <laughs> oh my god. And what was her husband's name? Oh shit. Wait, wait. I got it. Where's he? Amna. 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 Get away from the window. <laughs> East Coast accent, just yeah. that New York accent. <laughs> oh, she was great. Gladys Kravitz was Gladys great. Kravitz, yeah. God, what yeah. a what a what I would a love to name a band Gladys Kravitz. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, well, of course, um, oh, the great English beat cut here. Hands off, she's mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I, it's so sad that uh, Rankin Rogers is gone. Man, yeah. what a great guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know the Tabitha. Tabithas are alive. Tabithas are alive. Yeah. Little Rickies are alive still. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess in this game, the kids don't really count. Well. But we we gotta we gotta we gotta acknowledge the kids. Um, how about Batman? Chaz Bono. Chaz, yep, Chaz Bono. <laughs> Chaz Bono. Yeah. Um, Batman. Batman. None of them are alive. Nope. Uh, Robin's still alive. Robin's still alive? Robin's still alive. Yeah. Um, My friends and I used to make up things that Robin would say. What? Like, Holy pregnant goose, Batman. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Show man, and that show burned itself out real early. It showed it burned itself out, yeah, because yeah. it was 66 to 68, I think it ran. But and it, the reason why it burned itself out is because it was it, it, it got so it got so hyped yeah. that it showed it twice, twice a week, yes, and that's why it burned then out. They, then you know, I watched it in syndicate on mm -hmm. channel 32. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's where you saw, you know, Flipper. Flipper. Hey. Oh, my God. Flipper, dude. Gentle Ben. Gentle Ben. Oh, my God. With Clint Howard. Yeah. Clint Howard. <laughs> ben! The mm. uglier Howard. Yeah. Dude. I mean, we were weaned. Oh, my God. The TV was like our shit. That was our mama. Yeah. Oh, we were weaned on television. I mean, and that's all we did. We just watched a lot of crazy shows. Remember... And dude, the the obscure TV shows that I used to watch. Yeah. I, I don't have to throw this out here. Do you remember a show on CBS called Apple's Way? Yes. Ah, yes. Dude, was wasn't there a movie that was like the kickoff? Yeah, oh yeah, the the pilot. Yeah. yeah so you yeah. remember? Not many right. people remember Apple's yeah. Way. I used to watch Apple's Way <laughs> yeah. because it was. I think it was produced by the same people that did the Waltons. Yes. You know, and, and yeah, I was, was into that uh, show. What was the other one? It was like you know, Grizzly Adams. No, it was a big family show. 
you know, family? There was family, but then there was another one about a huge family. Eight is Enough? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I think, an ABC show. Okay. Yeah, it, those family-type shows were really big in the 70s, you know, and... And, and the, the, I was I had a friend that was totally in love with Buddy. From oh, but dude, I had a crush on Buddy. <laughs> I loved Buddy because she was like a, a tomboy, and she's like, "Oh man, this chick is cool." <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, I, I, I you talk about that. There, no, there's a good topic is uh, the TV crushes. I, I had a big, big thing. Valley about, Burton. No. Oh yeah, I was that. I was. <laughs> yeah, you probably remember. Did we talk about this? Because I think I no. said, "Yo, yeah, I, I dug her big time." And and um, who else was? Who else did I have a crush on? Um, uh, no, I think it was Valerie Bertinelli. That was the one I had a big, big crush on. Um, trying to see it. I'm sure it'll come up another. Yeah. What about you? Um, Valerie Bertinelli. Um, Lonnie remember, Anderson. Remember the uh, the the show Zoom. Zoom, yes, um, I remember Zoom. Channel, yeah. you know, the PBS. Mm-hmm. There was there was a there was a girl named Diana. Okay. That I sent off for whatever Zoom shit. You're right. Supposed to get Z double M by Z five O. Postcard with her picture. And oh, it's so like. <laughs> did you get her? Did you get her picture? Yeah. Now here's a, here's a, here's the question: Do you still have it? No. Oh, dude. No. If I do, it's in my mom's ad. Oh well, it's, it, yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, hopefully it's still there. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I remember there was some girl I was into when I was ten from the Mickey Mouse show, the the revamp of the Mickey Mouse show that used to come on Channel Nine. Yeah. Back in the mid seventies, and I remember it was a man. Oh, it's cute, cute chick, man, African American woman. Yo, her woman or girl, I guess at the time. Yeah. Uh, her name was Shantae. Shantae. Yeah, Shantae, man. And boy, jeez, man, I had it bad for her. <laughs> Holy cow. You know, it's so funny. You think the, the unattainable back in that the, the well, eras, you know. We all had the Charlie's Angels posters. I didn't. Really? Um, And I don't know why. Uh, well, my brother was really into Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. The, yeah. Right. Uh, but see, yeah, yeah, exactly. I wasn't, I, I wasn't really. I was more of a comedy guy. I used to like to watch a lot of the comedies, mm-hmm. um, the Mary Tyler Moore's, the Bob Newhart's, uh, uh, All in the Family. I wasn't really into the hour-long dramas. Yeah. And it, you know, and I, and I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, well, why? And I get, I guess, I just. I guess I didn't have the patience to sit down and watch the puzzle um, right. get un, you know get right. untangled if right. you will. It was all look. I just wanted comedy. I wanted thirty. Give me my thirty minutes, and you know, let me wait for the you know the punchline and, and things like that. It, it's it's really strange. And my wife, she we talk about this and she we crack up about this all the time. She's like, yeah, you your life is like a, a sitcom. But that's how I kind of look at life. It's just like you know, okay, this is how, how, yeah. can, how can this how how can we turn this on his head? Now, yeah. how about you? Were, were you into were you more into dramas or comedies, or was it a mixture? Oh, it was a mixture because you know, um, definitely um, 
Chrissy from... Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Three's Company. Three's Company. That was a great show. Oh Both those girls. Oh. Both those girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they were very good. Yeah. that man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jack! Yeah. Jack! And he had to pretend like he was gay. Yeah, yeah you're right, right. <laughs> I mean, my dad, think about how revolutionary that was in 1977. Oh, know. You know, oh, it's just like, you know. And then the. And Mr. Roper and doing Mr. his Roper. little. Doing, you know, like. You yeah, know, oh, well, Jack, you know. And, it, you know, and that, I guess the tragic thing about all that it was how they made homosexuality, you know, a joke. Exactly. It's sort of like soap. Soap was the same way. Yeah. It was like they were they were treated as tragic um characters. Yeah. Tragic comedy characters. Yeah. Which when you look back at it, I'm sure it, you know, if you look at it now, it's like, wow, that it sucked. Yeah. You know, they were they were the butt of the jokes back right. then, you know. Right. And then I think about, you know, even when I talked about uh well Howard Hessman uh, played a uh a gay character on an early episode of Bob Newhart, and you know Bob was, you know they they kind of made this little joke like oh he's, oh you know oh he's yeah, he's yeah, yeah. oh you know so they made that yeah, as a, as yeah. a joke and I was just like you know it is I think there's some tragedy involved in that and it, it's unfortunate but I guess if you look at it I guess that was a way to get get people to understand it but the side the sad part of it it was. It, and it was a joke at people's ex- at that community's experience. But you got to look at the generation that it was, you know, aimed at. And I oh, can, of course, I, I, of I, course. I can, I can definitely tell you that my parents never accepted, you know, homosexuality mm-hmm. at all. Well, of course, and, yeah. The seven. I mean, it was something new. Right. It was something exactly. like, what is this? You know, yeah. it's been around for forever, right. but it's like, well, what is this? You know, it's and, and if you think about it, if you want to extrapolate even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was just reading this book. It's this wonderful book here. Uh, about It's called Shut Out by Howard Bryan. It's about a story of race and baseball in Boston. Yeah. And they talked about how the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, they were like, we ain't going to have no black folks playing baseball. Right. None. Right. And, you know, you had to keep that, that constant drum of, we got to get we got to get blacks in baseball. We got to get blacks in baseball. But people were just like, I can't handle this. This is too much of a right. challenge. And I remember... You know, it was a great quote in the book about how we were all we as African Americans were always in the background. Mm-hmm. We were in the we were we were wallpaper, mm-hmm. and then people started to freak out when we started to come out mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, here we are!" Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget. And you and I, I think, briefly talked about this: how you know it took magazines like Jet Jet Magazine to you look in the back of Jet, yeah, and. Hey, Sammy Davis Jr. is going to be on I Dream Machine. Right. You know, or uh, Cicely Tyson is going to be on, you know, the NBC movie of the week. Right. And this is, it was like, oh, here's, there's going to be black people on television. Yeah. And that was big for us. Johnny Carson. Right, exactly. That was big for us. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, we're going to see color finally, you know, yeah. in black and white, you know. And uh, it, it's just, it, so what I'm trying to say is that there was a tie. There's a tie into the, you know, like how culture just said, okay, well, we're gonna give you black people a chance. Well, we're gonna give the homeless, not the the gay community, a chance, but at what cost? Right. We're gonna make fun of you. Yes. You know, um, which is what happened with the United States. 
Dude, I have a hard time with trying to teach like courses and bringing up things like minstrel. Oh, of course it's hard. Shit. Of course it's hard. I don't want to offend anybody, Mm -hmm. but it's a part of our history. Yeah. And well, and you got to do it in a way where, yeah, of course it's hard. Yeah. But you got to do it in a way. It's like, look, if people don't know about this, yeah, you got to let them know that the reason why shit was like that back then right. is why people still think this way now. Yeah. yeah. These are things that go on forever. It's, yeah. it, it doesn't go away. Right. That's why you have groups that look at African Americans or any person of color mm-hmm. uh, like shit on a boot heel. Yeah. It's because of the remnants and the vestige vestiges, if you will, of minstrel. Yeah. You know, and, and how we were portrayed. Yeah. So... If you, and I mean, Dave, you're astute enough to know how to work this. You're yeah, just saying, look, listen, this is why those, those echoes of that, that, that dastardly time, mm-hmm. that still exists now because of all that shit. Right. You know, so yeah. you do it by you, by you acknowledging that. People that's understand. What people I, that's, understand. What I, that's what I do. Right. And I know you that's do. What I do. I know you do. You can't be apologetic about it. It's like, this is why people still have a mindset of how people of color are are X or Y or Z. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, yeah, it sucks. But if if we don't bring it out in the open, then people will still walk around saying, well, black people are... My goodness, boy, they... uh, you know, I, 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 they're this way. Yeah, uh, and I, mean, I can tell you, fried chicken and white. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness! And then when you have African Americans or people of color, but that that break you. that well, that wait, hold on, that can break the stereotype. Yeah. Oh, how did that happen? Yeah. How how could this be? How, he's so well spoken. How did that happen? He's such a nice man. Yes, my goodness, he's not like those. Those people I see on that there television. So anyway, go ahead and ask your question. Um, let me ask you this as a person that watches, you know, movies from like the 30s and that, like, you know, Cabin in the Sky and all those, you know, pretty much the early years of black exploitation movies. Oh, you talking about the seventies? Like the thirties. Oh, the th- okay. You know, where, where they're like okay. all eating fried chicken and. Oh, okay. Well, that's not. And, and then, you know, and then the the um, the the mammy and you know, Gone with the Wind I, and. Yeah, all I'm not sure those were categorized as black exploit black exploitation. No, they those were more the seventies. No, they should be. Well, well, hold on, hold on. Okay. And again, I'm not a film critic. Okay. Uh, when I hear a black exploitation movie, I'm thinking about the shafts. Yeah, yeah. And the superfly. Yeah, I love those that. Movies. That's minstrel. That's that's coon. The movies you're talking about, in the the uh, the 30s. Right. I categorize it as cooning, minstrelly. Okay. Uh, uh, but does the black exploitation stuff in the 70s is that still? Well, yeah, it's over the top, but here's the problem. Here's the difference. Okay. There, there's, there's a winner. Yeah. There, the, the African Americans in those movies, uh, the movies that Melvin Van Peebles, Peebles who just passed away. Mm-hmm. There's the black people come out as winners in those movies. Right. 
They're, they're, I am, yeah, and it, it yeah, okay, they, you know, they, they're ill-gotten gains, but they still beat the system. They got a piece of what they needed to get. Now, going to the 30s, those movies, yes, they perpetuated the southern viewpoint as well as the northern viewpoint of how black people are. And it's, again, it's, remember when we were talking about the, the gay community and how in the 70s, they were made fun of to be right. accepted. Right. Well, that's what it was back there okay. in, the, in, the, okay. in the 30s for African Americans. Well, hey, hey, you okay, boss? All right, boss. Oh yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and oh, Rochester. Ro Rochester. Joaquin's <laughs> <laughs> very own. Yeah. We're in Zion. Joaquin's right. very own. Jack Benny. Now, what I will say, what I, and I did some reading about uh, Rochester. You know. He was with, you know, he he was a performer. He made he was he became very wealthy doing yes, that. Yes, he did. And that's kind of what you had to do. Just like Jackie Robinson. Yeah. You know, he had to take all that crap, all that shit from all the people that called him nigger and all this stuff. Uh, but he, I mean, he paid a price because he died early. But that's what happened, you know. And so, of course, it's opening the door. Um, the key thing with what you do, Dave, is you, you you acknowledge it and you explain why, and you say this is how it is, and this is this is why people still feel the way they do about African Americans. Right. Uh, sadly, we're seen as a scourge of the world, not just the United States, but the world. Yeah. And, Damn, that's some power. Yeah. When I have to, when I wake up in the morning, and I go out in the street, or I go out to work, and there's people that look at me, Caucasians, and I ruin their day. I ruin their day just because I'm in their space. And you know what? As I've gone through life, I'm like, wow, that's some great power. I'm <laughs> fucking up your day. You I, should, I'm you like, go fuck just, yourself. You should just walk around yeah. going, you're welcome. Yeah, right. I don't even have to say a word. I just look at them and they're like, oh, they look at me and they're like, oh my goodness, oh, this black person. Oh, great. I'm ruining your day. Go F yourself. That's going to do it for this episode of the Chicago Gumbo Show podcast. We continued the conversation. There's several episodes that are yet to be created out of this conversation. And um, one of them you should definitely look forward to as we finally cook the Hungry Man Salisbury Steak Dinner and analyze it live for you. So... Keep looking for that one. Till next time, 
keep a nickel on your tonearm to keep your life from skipping around. It is far easier to hold on to happiness than it is to anger and much safer for the rest of the world. Till next time, much love.